Welcome. You are listening to a sermon preached at Church at the Armory. If you like what you hear, share it. God bless you. Everybody good? No. Everybody good? I preached this sermon I'm about to preach. I had preached it before. Doesn't mean I was lazy this week and didn't want to come up with a new sermon. It means that uh, some of y'all have not heard this before. Some of y'all have heard this before and forgot it. And And all of us, if we have heard it before, we need to hear it again. One of the things this church is known for, good and bad, one of the things we're known for is our praise and worship. That we take the time to go after God in praise and worship. For as long as I've been here, longer than I've been here, there's been an emphasis in this church about praise and worship. Some people call it singing and we sing too long and they don't want to come to church here. I've literally had people tell me, I I visited your church, I don't want to come there, you sing too long. I can negotiate on lots of things. I can negotiate on the wall, paint color, and all kinds of, the, the things I can't negotiate on Y'all are not saying anything because you know what's coming. The thing I can't negotiate on is the one reason the church is intended to gather together is to worship God. The number one reason the church gathers is to worship God. And I'll back off on lots of things, but I'll never back off on worship. I'll never back off on praise. Even if people don't necessarily like it, worship ain't for people. Worship is for God. Right, and I think he likes it. I mean, I'm not sure. The Bible says he does, right? So worship is for God. Praise is for God. And very quickly, I can tell you why we praise, because he's God. Right? Why do we praise God? Because he's God. If God is not God enough to be praised, you need to go find another God. But see, God is God alone and only one worthy of our worship and praise. So why do we praise God? Because he's God. If the reason we praise God is necessarily because we're trying to feel something or get something, all those things are irrelevant. Hey, I love worshiping. I feel his presence when we worship. But the number one reason we worship is because he's God and he's worthy to be praised. Does that make sense? And so we praise him just because he's God. So that's really the end of that sermon. Amen. That's it. Like, you know, why did I get up early this morning, get all dressed and go to church? Because God is worthy to be praised. Well, I could have done that at home. Eh, Not really. I mean, the, the Bible actually says, assemble yourselves together and praise God, right? In the sanctuary, gather and praise, and every voice lift. I mean, so there's this idea of a of a people of God, whether it's all the way back to the nation of Israel, the New Testament church, who would gather in one place and they would praise God as the primary function of the gathering. All the other functions of the gatherings were secondary, like learning and teaching and discipleship. And but the number one reason we gathered was to join our voices together in praise because he's God and he needs and he doesn't need he is worthy to be praised. Amen. Amen. So that's why we worship, but I'm going to give you biblical reasons of how we worship. So these are seven Hebrew words 
of praise. How many remember this? Raise your hand if you remember me teaching on this before. Okay, raise your hand if you've never heard this before. Good. Raise your hand if you have hands. That's much better. Okay, good. All right, so seven Hebrew words of praise that I think that we need to be reminded of. If the number one thing we're known for as a church is kind of praise and worship, we need to kind of remind ourselves while we're doing this, right? And so these are biblical uh, uh, um. Maybe you sit in a service today and you're not real familiar with this style of worship and you go, I wonder why they shouted right there. That's, I mean, that's kind of, kind of extra, right? I wonder why they danced. I wonder why they, uh, why they did these certain things. I'm going to explain to you almost every form of worship we in- encountered this morning in, in the seven Hebrew words for praise. When you read your English Bible, you read praise him in the sanctuary. But that, that Hebrew word... It's specific, and there's, there's seven different specific words of Hebrew praise that are translated, all of them, as praise. And all of them, and each different one has a specific meaning or a specific action. Everybody say action. Uh, everyone has a specific action attached to it. Now, I don't understand a lot of things. I mean, I understand that if I drop my phone, like, It'll fall to the ground because there's this law in physics called gravity, right? I don't understand how it works. I just know it, I just know it works, right? Jesus had the same type of conversation with Nicodemus. Uh, we don't understand where the wind comes from, but we know it blows, right? And so that is, I don't understand how gravity works. I don't understand how a 200-ton 747 can fly across the world. I, mean, I understand that it happens, but I just don't understand how it happens. I mean, I guess there's, you know, uh, I mean, something. I don't know. I'm not, a, I'm, not a, I'm not a physicist. I'm not an engineer. Okay, I don't understand a lot of things. But there's one thing that puzzles my head more than anything else. Now, y'all pay attention. I'm not trying to be, I'm trying to be very sweet and hear, understand the tone of my voice. Very smoothing, soothing and sweet. I don't understand. I'm going to look at the wall. I don't understand how people can say they know God and yet have inaction in times of worship. I'm more confused by that than a 200-ton 747 flying across the planet. If you've ever seen him, you've been moved by him. I said moved because there's action. So, you understand what I'm saying? So I'm saying I, I'm sweet and soothing, right? I don't understand how you can say I know, I know the God of the universe. I know the creator of heaven and earth. I know the one who saw me at my lowest, darkest point and pulled me out of the mire pit and put my feet upon the rock. I don't understand how you can know all those things about God and yet be a stone, immovable, inactive, in worship. It is confusing to me. If it's based upon a feeling, feelings are fleeting and feelings will lie to you. Oh, y'all are not shouting as good as I'm preaching. Feelings will lie to you. So if you're waiting to feel something, stop waiting to feel something. Just look at him. Forget about every thought and look at God and then you'll be moved to action. And those actions are a myriad of different responses. We'll talk about seven of them today. From shouting to lifting our hands to 
I mean, all different types of things. Does that make sense? So if you're taking notes, I've got some, uh, some slides up on the screen. The first word we're going to look at for praise is yada. Everybody say yada. It sounds better if you say it like you're a ninja. Yada. Right? I don't, I mean, maybe not. It's a hard crowd this morning. Yada. Yada. It means to revere or worship with extended hands. Why is the preacher always asking us to lift our hands? Because yada is a legitimate form of praise. A biblical form of praise. Not lifting your hands is on some level refusing to worship God in a certain way. That's not a Baptist thing or a spirit-filled thing. It's not a, it has nothing to do with theology. It's everything to do with heart posture. All of us are willing to lift our hands at certain points, right? Right? If, if, if uh, you know, if I participate in a crime and the police come and run after me and they chase me down and they point a gun and say, lift your hands, I will comply. Yeah. Right? Yet the God of the universe, who's way more authoritative than the state agency, says, lift your hands and worship. And it's like, well, if I feel like it, I will. Y'all say amen all you want to. Okay, okay, y'all say amen. But this is a legitimate form of worship. Matter of fact, um, let's read Genesis. This is one of the earliest forms of praise ever described in the Bible. Genesis chapter 26 says this. 29, my bad. She conceived and bore a son and said, Now this time my husband will come attached to me because I have borne him three sons. Therefore, he was named Levi. There's 35. She conceived again and bore a son and said, This time I will lift my hands to the Lord. I will tada the Lord. And she named him Judah, which means... Judah means? So when she had this son, she was so full of praise, she lifted her hands and named him praise. Y'all out there? And, and, and when you see the word, this time I will praise, you just think, well, you know, she just kind of in her heart quietly said, thank you, Jesus. No. She had this son that went, ta-da. Right? She lifted her hand. It was a physical response to the praise that was in her heart. Okay? And so this is tada. It means this. It, it, I was just seeing if y'all was paying attention. Now, y'all who didn't correct me need to start paying attention. Yada. Where did I get Tada? It's like a magic trick. Tada. Okay. Lord, help the messenger. Amen. What it means, it's Yod is the root word. It's a primitive word. It says it's Yod is hand. It literally means, look at your hand and say Yod. Not Todd, Yod. Okay. 
literally to use, that is to hold out the hand physically to uh, it was it's the idea. Now think about this as an act of praise. David killed a tilling a a, 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 a a giant whenever he uses hand to to sling a stone. It's the throwing of a hand. Yod. It's the it's and so uh, the idea is that it's intense to casting confession praise to shoot up your hands. All these words today they're not necessarily real calm and collective and dignified. If you want to be a dignified worshiper, you're literally being opposite of what worship is described in the Bible. David said, I will become even more undignified than this. And he was running around basically in his underwear. <laughs> Ta-da! <laughs> yeah, that's great. All right, so yada is basically praise. In, now listen to me. Raise, don't raise your hand, but just, just let me know. Have you ever been in a moment of praise, a moment of worship, whenever it just seemed like you just went, right? like, just, like your hand just shot up, like, yes! Like there's something inside of you that you just you went boom, right? And that's that literally an act of praise when you just shoot up your hands and praise. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Wave at me, okay? That's yada. That's a legitimate one of the earliest forms of the word praise, even in the scriptures, is to lift our hands. So when the scripture says, the psalmist says, lift your hands in the sanctuary, it is extremely biblical for us to praise him this way. Everybody say amen. So next is the word. Let me double check this in my notes, make sure I have this right. Oh, by the way, yada is used 111 times. So it's not like it's a every once in a while thing. 111 times this word was used of lifting our hands in praise. Okay? The next word is halal. Halal. This is the root word for halal. Now, this one, let me just say right now, I say this with all respect, okay? This word means almost the opposite of hallelujah. (laughs) This is maybe the most energetic, crazy word for praise that we have. It is not somber, it's not still. One of the definitions is literally a foolish madman. One who clamors about like a crazy person. Raving. One of the definitions is raving grace. Raving, yeah. It's, I'll, I'll read all that. Raving. It's like, it's not the idea of this calm, collected, it's literally a, 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 a if you were in a king's court, this is the jester. I will become even more halad, undignified, raving than this. It means, it means to shine. It's like a burst of light or to be foolish. It means uh, it's, the, it's, it's usually the sound of color, not the sound of. It's usually... Yes, it, it, it's, like, it's like the idea of what's black and white. When you halal, it turns into color. So like, if you, you know, 
it's, it's not just real simple and plain. It's the most vibrant, colorful, explosive uh, uh, praise. Hallelujah. It's also one of the most universally known words in all the planet and language. But you can go almost any country in the world and say hallelujah, and they know what you're talking about. Hala, yeah, yah. Praise God. Praise Yah, God. That's what the word means. Uh, it means this, to shine, to make a show, to boast, to thus be clamorously foolish, to rave, causatively. In other words, you're causing, the, you're causing celebration. It's a celebration word. Okay? It's not a somber word. Um, it celebrate, command, foolishly give glory, give light to make, listen to me, to be, make, fiend, self, mad. It is, the, it is literally the idea of you become a madman for Christ in his presence, for God. You hallelujah, hallelujah, I praise. And so you, you ever seen anybody go crazy in praise? You ever judged anybody going crazy in praise? You ever looked at somebody and said, you know, just being a little bit too much extra. I'm telling you, I don't think we even appropriately understand how nutso halah means. I went to a delirious concert. Martin Smith, is the, he's written a lot of worship songs in the 90s. And I went to a concert, and he was, I mean, this is an English band, Okay. From England, and they were in, and we were in Arizona, and they were playing on this stage. All of them looked like the Beatles with black suits, you know, white shirts and black ties, and I mean, just very cool and suave, you know, with their, "Are you ready to praise the Lord tonight?" Yeah, right. And they're just like they're English, and they're on this, they're on this stage that would rotate one 360 degrees every 30 minutes, and it, it was just the cool. I mean, just and I'm like, these guys are cool. I want to be like them, right? And they got, through, they got to one of their songs. It's called King of Fools. And Martin Smith is like the most cool, suave guy, you know. And he, brought, he brings this box out. And the song's called King of Fools. He opens up the box and he pulls out a jester hat. And he puts it on his head. And he starts just kind of like, like being as uncool as he possibly can. And he's, and he's not dancing like a weirdo. Like just, I'm like, dude, you're too cool, right? You know, you're cool. Don't be doing this. And then he starts off the song after doing this for like, uncomfortably long amount of time, I'll be a king of fools for you. Amen. And the idea was worship looks foolish, especially to the carnal mind. Especially to the carnal mind, worship comes across as foolishness. When Italy, it is praise. Amen? Can't tell you how many times in our church's history when we've entered in this type of worship and people have said, nah, y'all are just too weird for me. That's why the Lord loves our worship is because we're willing to be fools for him. Amen. Something we don't need to lose. Somebody say amen. amen. All right. Uh, let's go on. Or, or excuse me, read a verse here. Psalm 84, 1 through 4. Um, 
How lovely are your dwelling places, Lord of the armies. My soul longed and even yearns for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh sing for the joy to the living God. The bird has found a house, the swallow a nest for herself where she may put her young. Your altars, Lord of armies, my King and my God, blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever hollowing you, raving for you clamoring for you. Amen? And I just love these eruptions of praise where it feels like this geyser went off in our mission. It's like, and it just, I mean, people are just, I mean, shouting and crying and, I mean, tongues. I mean, all the different aspects of praise just erupts in our midst, and it's hala. And those are special moments. And those are moments that we're all supposed to participate in. Amen? All right, let's go on next. The worship team's really amen and really good today. Next word, number three, Shabbat. Shabbat. This word means shout. Thank you, Talon. You shout like a little girl, but that's fine, okay? Okay, so. (laughs) My bad. Focus, Chester. Okay. Uh, if I didn't mean to offend the little girls in the room. Okay, so uh, anyway, it's shout. If you remember just a while ago, you would just hear this random person just, yeah, right? Shout, yeah. We even sing a song, shout, shout, right? It was at the, at the end, it said shout. In this spontaneous, not have to be spontaneous, it can be absolutely 100% organized. In other words, there are times in the Bible where the psalmist writes this congregational song, and he says, at this point, when you see the word praise, everybody shouts. Shouting for the Lord, not only is a form of praise, it's a form of breakthrough. Hey, everybody say Jericho. You see what I'm saying? Shouting to the Lord is a form of exuberant praise that brings breakthrough in our hearts and our life. And it's a legitimate form of praise. And I just tell you, there's just times in worship. There's just times in, in worship or praise whenever I'm here, I'm just driving down the road and I'm listening. And there's just, I, I tell you what, I do as much shouting by myself as I do in here. When there's times when something bubbles up in me, I'm just, yeah, right? If I'm praying, like there's going to be this point where I just, you know, just, I mean, we, there's this man we used to, we used to, um, what's the, what's the Christian way to say make fun of? Um, what we used to make fun of? And he was, we literally named him the shoe man. Because he would get overwhelmed by the Lord and he would go, shoe! No, that's just, that's just not. Shabak. Shout. Some of the most powerful moments of worship I've ever experienced have been in the midst of a shout. I can tell you about times here, but let me tell you about one time where uh, we were in Jesus Culture Conference in Chicago. There's, I forget how many people were there, thousands of people in this stadium. And this man, I told this story many times, but this man had, had, uh, had gotten where he was like a, he stood up when it got real quiet and when Bill Johnson was ready to preach and he stood up and he, and he began to scream like, you're a heretic and you're a blah, blah, blah. And it was demonically amplified. Like you could hear him in, in a, with a room of 10,000 people. And, uh, and so they came and got the, and before he could stop talking, everybody in the room just started shouting. And a shout of praise drowned out the criticism. Somebody needs to hear. 
and that shout lasted for like 30 minutes. And the person standing next to me come over across the aisle. I hadn't talked to this dude. Comes over across the aisle, grabs me on, on the shoulder, tears running down his face, and said, God just healed my leg. Because a 30-minute shout that was drowning out the voice of the enemy. If there's not a message in there, then your ears are plugged up. Some of the, thank you. Some of the best things you can do when hell comes against you is shout. Pray. Not shout the devil. I'm talking about shout to God in praise. And let the voice of the enemy drown out and, let, and then watch heaven come and meet your need. Amen. So, Shabbat is shout, a legitimate form of praise, Amen. not an extraordinary form of praise, a normal, legitimate form of praise that should happen on a regular basis in worship. Talon? Sir. <laughs> Psalm 117, verse 1, literally says this. Shout to the Lord, all nations. That first word, praise, is shout. The second word of praise is a different form of praise we'll get to in a second. Shout to the Lord, all the nations. That's what that word says right there, praise. Lift up your voice in a shout. Okay? Anybody got any questions about that? Good, let's move on. Next word is zamar. Zamar. Uh, am I saying it right? Zamar. Zamar. Zawar. You know why there's no W? Because I think I misspelled it. Yeah, I did. <laughs> Chad, you can make fun of me now. It's Zamar, even though it says Zalar on the screen because I misspelled it whenever I was making the slide. All right, Zalmar. This is what this means. This is what the word means. I'm not trying to pick on any denomination. Not trying to pick on any denomination. The word means this right here. Look at me. Look at my finger. It, the word literally is the word for pluck the strings of a stringed instrument or beat the drum. It is making music, accompanying with singing. Why do we have to, quote, unquote, have music and sing for so long? Zomar. Zomar, right? It, it is the idea of playing instruments and singing to the Lord. Use 41 times. Okay, uh, go to Psalm 47, verse 5 and 6. God has ascended with a shout. The Lord with the sound of a trumpet. Sing praises. Sing songs accompanied with music to God. Sing songs accompanied with music. Sing songs accompanied with music to our king, instruments, Sing songs accompanied with music, instruments. That makes sense? And so Zamar, and again, I'm not picking on any denomination. I'm just saying one of the most biblical things you can do is have instruments and music and singing combined as praise to God in the midst of a service of, called worship. That makes sense? So Zamar, why do we, sing, why do we have, you know, all the different instruments. I mean, go back to the book of Psalms 
And make a note every time you read something like clang the cymbal and beat the drum and play the flute and uh, uh, play the harp. And there's just all these instruments that are making music. Uh, 33 years, King David in a tabernacle, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year for 33 years. There was music and singing nonstop for over 33 years in, 33 years in a tabernacle of David. It's called praise. Amen? And I'm trying to, and I say this with all love and respect, not trying to do play gotcha. If, if, if Israel, look at me, look at me. If Israel is willing to go 33 years nonstop, we can go for 45 minutes. Okay. Okay. I'll, so the next time somebody, why we, why we sing so long? Well, we didn't sing for 33 years. Amen. Okay. Moving on. Next word, number five. <laughs> Toda. <laughs> I knew I wasn't crazy. Okay. Toda. This, have you ever been in a, in a worship service or praise? I'm talking about. I'm talking about in church or driving down the highway or just sitting in, in the front porch and you just overcome with so much thankfulness to God. Amen. Like you're just like, man, I just want to thank him. And you're, and you're just like, thank you. And, you. and literally, nothing may have actually happened to cause a response. Just something welled up in your spirit where you're just like, I just feel extremely grateful to God right now. Yeah. Raise your hand if that's ever happened to you, okay? This is called Todah. The praise of thanksgiving. Somebody say amen. amen. All right. And so what it means is uh, it, 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 this was also one of the words where you extend a hand. It's the extension of the hand. Uh, it is um, adoration. Specifically, this would be used in a congregational or choir singing where they would come together and they would sing a song of, of thankfulness. This is also, look at me right here, look at me right here. This is also the same line where it calls a sacrifice of praise is a, is a praise of thanksgiving. Because look at me, thanksgiving is really uh, sometimes the most sacrifice special thing you can do. When you're, in a, when you're in a time where you're, uh, the whole world is like focused on you and your needs and your, right? And, and your wants and your desires and your whatever. Some of, those, some of those sacrificing times of praise is whenever we don't come to God with any desire to have anything in us met. We just come to thank him. That's why it's a sacrifice of praise. I'm not here to ask you for anything. I'm just here to offer up thanksgiving. Yeah. I'm here to praise you. I'm here to todah. So praises of thanksgiving. And, it, and again, it can be a very moving. I'm not just talking about the reluctant or uh, uh, that, that feeling you get whenever I know I'm supposed to offer thanksgiving. Like I'm, I feel an obligation to thanksgiving at this moment. I'm talking about that thing that wells up in your spirit where you're like, thank you. You know what I'm talking about? It's like there's no obligation. There's no reluctancy. It's actually like a, something bubbling over inside of my spirit that just wants to go, thank you. I remember sitting in the movie theater, right, at the Passion of the Christ. And I remember at one of the scenes, 
I, I wanted to yell out. I wanted to scream at I'm like, stop, right? When they were beating him, stop. And then the second thing I wanted to yell out was, I just, I mean, literally, I had, to, I had to restrain myself from just yelling out, thank you, right? That's that thing that comes up inside of you that's just thanksgiving. It's praise. It, praise bubbles out. And sometimes whenever it's not bubbling out, you got to go prime the pump and just and you got to get that thing flowing, right? Psalm 42, verse 4. I remember these things. Everybody say, I remember. If you're having a hard time praising God, you need to go remember some things. I remember these things and pour out my soul within me. For I used to go over with the multitude and walk with them to the house of God with a voice of joy and Praise, thanksgiving, todah. A multitude celebrating a festival. Two more words, y'all good? Sixth word, Barack. Who said Obama? (laughs) Miss Carolyn's about to hurt somebody. All right. Barack. Everybody say Barack. Um, Interesting. (laughs) Barack. All right. Says this to kneel or to bless. Everybody say kneel. Everybody say bless. Now I want you to I want you to pause in time right now. I want you to rewind the tape. 45 minutes ago. And I want you to remember just a prophetic song. That somebody in the room was going, why are we just singing this over and over and over again? And Hannah was singing, I'm here to bless you, Lord. I'm here to bless you, Lord. Why are we still singing? Why are we still? Barack. It's literally the praise of blessing and blessing. Let me ask you this. While we keep singing it too many times, how many times is enough to bless him? I mean, the angels have been spinning around the throne singing, holy, holy, holy for all eternity. One word over and over. and over. How many times is enough holies for the Lord? How many times is enough praise of blessing and Barak? More than we did. So I'm here to praise him. I'm here to, I'm here to bend my heart in allegiance to the king and bless his holy name. I'm here to praise him. I'm one of... I've been blessed by him. I'm going to do my best to bless him right now. Amen? And I will barack and barack his holy name. Amen? And I'm going to bless. I'm going to bless. I'm going to bless. I'm here to bless you. I don't know how, I don't know how it was, but it's just over and over. I'm here to bless. She had no idea. I mean, she said, I'm here to bless. I'm here to bless. Uh, it means to kneel. It means implication. To bless God is an act of adoration. Psalm 103, by the way, this word bless is translated praise and bless 289 times. One of the most forms used of praise is the praise where we bless God. I want you to answer this question in your heart. 
Did you bring some praise to God this morning that blessed him? And answer my next question. Tomorrow, will you offer some praise that blesses him? Bless, praise the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Praise his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all. Everything within me, all my heart, all my strength, all my, right, right, all my soul, all that is within me, I'm here to bless the Lord. That's not a passive word. That's an all-encompassing, fiery word of, of our whole being is here to bless God. Somebody say amen. amen. I'm bless the Lord. Praise the Lord, all my soul. Praise his holy name. Bless the Lord Praise the Lord, oh my soul, and do not forget any of his benefits. And the final word, this one's a fun word to say. Not tequila. (laughs) Some of y'all are like, tequila. (laughs) Tequila. Tequila. This one gets, this one, we we get a lot of bad rap for this one too. You get a lot of people who complain about this one as well. This is the spontaneous song. This is whenever you're like, why are we just singing stuff? Like, what, 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 what happened to the words on the screen? Why are we just singing spontaneous stuff? It's a legitimate form of praise where they sing spontaneous songs. If you've never had a spontaneous song erupt out of your heart, A, I don't think that's true if you're born again. Because there's been some time you're driving down the road and you just went, I love you. Right? And you weren't planning on singing that that day. You weren't thinking of any other song. You just, the song just kind of bubbled out of you. How many of y'all have had that happen, right? I love you, Jesus. Right? And Tehillah, the spontaneous song, this is the only form of praise mentioned that it says God comes and he sits on it. He inhabits it. He gets inside of it. One of, look at me, look at me. I'm just saying this as a church, as a practice of praise, we have, we have uh, made a priority to Tehillah, the Lord, to sing spontaneous songs from our spirit. There'll be times when you hear, I'll come up and I'll say, everybody just sing from the spirit. This is Tehillah. Sing from the Spirit. And that is moments when God, and, and if, we, if we've ever been known as a presence-driven church or a church where the presence of God is, it's because He inhabits the praise of a spontaneous song that's on our hearts. Tahila. It means to laud, to praise, the spontaneous song, the only kind of praise God says he inhabits. Psalm 22, verse 3, yet you are holy, you who are enthroned, you who come and sit on the Tehillah of your people, the spontaneous song of the people. Uh, was it? I think it was Friday night. 
We had a night of worship up here. Kind of a last-minute deal. If you didn't see the announcement, I need you to come tell me so I can add you to our Facebook page so you can look at it. But there's just these moments where Lacey or Hannah or Hannah would just go off and they would just start singing this, these songs that were just spontaneous songs, just straight from their spirit. And you would just feel like this heaviness come just sit in the room of the presence of God. Because he inhabits. He sits on the praises of the people. So you would think that it would be like, you know, all Israel perfectly in sync, perfectly in tune. Everybody singing their perfect harmonizing part. And when they all get it real perfect and they sing this perfect song to the Lord, and fully rehearsed, then God would come and be pleased with that. No, no. Really what he wants is a sound that sounds strange to men but sounds perfect to him. And it's the sound of hundreds or thousands or all the congregation's voices lifted up in their own spontaneous song of praise, whether it's a moan or a groan or a song or what a word, something from our spirit. And when all that comes together, it creates this sound that is otherworldly and God comes and sits on it. And that is powerful. People ask me all the time, tell me some stories about the Brownsville Revival. And one of my favorite stories to tell is just the sound that it made. The sound where everybody just, I mean, it was singing or laughing or crying and tongues and, and songs in English. and I mean, all the different sounds that come together and just create this roar and it makes your skin crawl in a good way. And it's just because the Holy Spirit was like, I can't, I can't not come get in that. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? And so that's Tehillah, the spontaneous song that God inhabits. So what we're going to do is we're going to keep our hearts committed as a church to lifting our hands. Amen. I need you all to say amen today. To lifting our hands. Amen. To shouting. Amen. I'm going to try to remember them off the top of my head. To blessing His holy name. Amen. To giving praise of thanksgiving. To kneeling, oh, that's blessing. Uh, to to oh, act like crazy people for Jesus. Amen. Willing to be a little bit foolish for the Lord. Amen. Willing to kind of lose control and worship every once in a while. Amen. All right. To um, having a song on our spirit that just bubbles up and it's and it's just a spontaneous song. And I, look, the song. Some of the most powerful songs in the world have no words. Matter of fact, in the New Testament, the, 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 the scripture literally says that he will give us groanings too great for words. So I'm here today to preach this sermon to double down and say, as a church, we won't back off these things. Amen? Maybe they're not for everybody. Amen? We're not trying to appeal to everybody. That's not the point. I think more than trying to appeal to all the people on the, in the planet, I think the number one person we have to be concerned about inhabiting our seats is God. Amen? And I've found genuinely when God shows up, people want to be there too. Amen? Stand up on your feet.
Next Sunday, some of y'all need to shout. Not Talon, but some of y'all. Okay. Next Sunday, you need to release a spontaneous song. You need to bless the Lord. Uh, the next time a worship leader or Chester says, hey, lift your hands, don't go. <sighs> Y'all think I don't notice. Don't go, okay. Realize you're participating in an age-old form of worship or practice of praise that's mentioned 111 times in the, in the scriptures. And let them hands shoot up and like, yeah. Let's bless his holy name. Amen? If you need permission, permission is granted for us to get a little bit crazy in worship and praise. Amen? Father God, we love you. We offer up a praise of thanksgiving right now in Jesus' name. We offer up a praise of thanksgiving. May, May gratitude that the king of heaven would come and grace us with his presence this morning. God, we are thankful. We bless your holy name. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen.